In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I mourn, you mourn, I grieve, you grieve, because we have loved. We grieve and we mourn because we've loved. And not just loved sentimentally, but loved with our whole selves. Moving the hospital bed into the front room making sure they get their medication at 2 p.m. every day, taking them out on the patio while they are under the care of hospice, because who wants to be in the same room every waking moment? Finding just the right sheets that make our loved ones as comfortable as possible. Planning a funeral service with their favorite hymns in mind. Going through their address book or their phone once they draw their final breath to let their closest friends know that yes, he or she or they are gone. Love is not a list of things we've done or a set of accomplishments. Love is the long, arduous, prayerful work of one's life that takes time, attention, and space. It is love, I would guess, that brought you here tonight, to this holy place not bathed in the dancing light of stained glass like Sunday mornings, but in the solemnity and stillness of others who have known loved tinged with loss. Four years ago, Gregory Hillis, a scholar of Thomas Merton, that great Christian of the 20th century, attended a burial for one of the monks at Thomas Merton's former monastery in rural Kentucky. Here is a portion of his account of Brother Harold's burial. Quote, Along with the monks and members of Brother Harold's family, I processed to a freshly dug grave. Cistercian monks dig their graves very deep, and they bury their dead without caskets. From my perch, I could see that a pillow had been placed in the grave, on which had been placed a flower. There was also a ladder leading down into the grave. When Brother Harold reached the bottom of the grave, I could see his brother monk almost tuck him in for rest. He carefully laid Brother Harold's head on the pillow, placed a white shroud over his face, and then ascended out of the grave, pulling up the ladder behind him. I could see Brother Harold at the bottom of the grave, and then shovel by shovel being covered in dirt. Truth be told, it was disconcerting to see a human body not a body in a casket, but simply a body be buried. 
but never before had the words Christians recite on Ash Wednesday, remember you are dust, been as real to me as they were at that moment, end quote. Those monks did exactly what you and I and Christians and human beings over millennia have done when someone we love dies. They go the deepest, they go to the, the deepest and most profound place inside of themselves, command all of the beauty and dignity they can muster, and they say goodbye. They, you, in those last moments before finitude entraps infinity and mortality leaps into immortality, did what must be done to ensure an appropriate crossing for those you and they and I love. Death has a way of marrying the past to the present, doesn't it? And death always reminds me, and y'all have heard me say this many times, and I'm, actually I won't apologize for saying it again because it's always funny. A friend of mine who's been a pastor a long time, she always says there's no such thing as a dysfunctional family. Dysfunctional just means this is how we function. <laughs> and death brings that up, doesn't it? Marriages bring that up, don't they? Death has a way of marrying the past to the present. A simple illustration of that is the elderly person's stories about their parents who have been dead for 70 years. And those memories, those stories are as vivid and commanding and exhilarating right now as they were 70 years ago. In this folding in of time on top of itself, of layers and layers of remembering and forgetting and remembering again and forgetting again, our deceased companions defy every piece of conventional wisdom and they remain with us. You've heard this, but you may very well have said it yourself. Every time I eat Rocky Road ice cream, I think of her. Or every time I'm about to sit down at the slot machine, I can hear him say, bid higher. Or every time I smell that scent, I smell them. Somehow those we have entrusted to God will not let go of us. And we certainly will not let go of them. We knew them in these bodies. And our bodies simply will not allow us to forget them. And thank God that we will not forget them. The narrator in John's gospel alludes to this. When Jesus' closest friends included among them Mary Magdalene and Mary, his mother, go to take care of his lifeless body in a tomb that they did not yet know was borrowed. 
They bring air fresheners, if you will, perhaps some of the cologne Jesus wore to cover up the stench of death because who wants the scent of decay imprinted in their olfactory system? Mary Magdalene weeps because the tomb is empty and she assumes that Jesus' body has been stolen. Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? The risen Christ asks her. She then, and appropriately so for a different sermon at a different time, supposes the risen Christ to be the gardener. And then she hears her name. Mary, Jesus says. And the narrator doesn't tell us what the tone of his voice was, and I won't speculate except to say that it was a tone he had probably used before because suddenly she knew it was Jesus. From the other side of the ladder, Brother Harold's fellow monks had used to lower him into the ground and from the other side of a doctor saying there's nothing else we can do and from the other side of pain, disappointment and disillusionment, Mary hears her name in the mouth of Jesus, the mouth of God. Sometimes that may be all any of us want to hear from the person we love but see no longer, that they are whole, that they are safe, that they know we love them, that they remember us and are thinking about us as much as we are thinking about them. And if there's any good news tonight, and don't go to a church that doesn't have good news, if there's any good news tonight, Jesus has come from their side of the shore to tell us that yes, I am the protector and shepherd of all souls, of those you love and know and those you don't. And they are safe, they are loved, they are home. This does not make our grief any easier, but it might make the burden of mourning a little lighter. A little. Life a little more bearable. Death a little less daunting. The memories a little sweeter. And I wrestled whether or not to share this story with you. I didn't put it in my, my notes. And y'all know anytime I go off script, you can leave now. <laughs> but today... I, I could not say this. Today, November 2nd, we committed 44 remains on All Souls Walk on this All Souls Day in partnership with our colleagues at Monarch Society, which is one of Denver's great funeral homes, and their CEO is here tonight, Rayanne Morey. Rayanne had been caring for these 44 remains, some of them upwards of 37 years. 
And as you can probably piece together, these are remains that were unclaimed. Tonight in this solemn assembly, among the people of God, they have been reclaimed. They are safe. They are home. Amen.